What's good? What's good? What's good, fans? Thank you guys for tuning in to another fantastic week of Voice of the Fans podcast. It is week 107, October 7. Mr. Cleveland, the show keeps going on and on. Segment three or season three on this platform, man. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about. NFL week four recap, NBA playoffs, NBA finals actually going on. Want to get your feedback on how the refs are being punked in the bubble of Orlando. Uh, I'm not I'm not appreciating this uh, what's going on down there. Want to give you this day history, and we're going to talk some fantasy football, Cleveland. So get comfortable, man, and let's do this. As always, yeah. as always, want to get shout shout out to. The fans listening, however you're listening, whether it's on iHeartRadio, Tuned In, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, thank you guys for tuning in. You're, the show is not much without you guys, so please rate and review our podcast as it helps us in the algorithms, and let's get started with the show. As I mentioned, Cleveland, it's October 7th. 2020, week 107. This is the first time our numbers match up, man, that I can remember. I can't remember that this happens before. Usually we have different numbers, and we'd like to talk about the numbers. Who wore the number seven best? Or who comes to your mind when you think of the number seven? Like I said, this is the first time that both numbers, the date and the episode of the show, has come up sevens, or it's come up as the same number, so. We're going to go with it. Number seven, who wore best? What do you think about it? You know, being a, you know, born and raised in the 206, um, the person that comes up first is uh, that dude that wore that orange and blue over in Denver, John Elway. And I oh, do man. believe he actually wore it the best with the, with the five Super Bowl appearances of the two wins. But, uh, yeah. John Elway was a nightmare. You just brought up something. Something just hit me. John Elway went to five Super Bowl appearances and got smashed in every one of them. Until <laughs> until you know who was in his backfield. But that is, that set aside, is there some were there some similarities to Elway's Super Bowl achievement and that guy, your guy, number 23 for L.A., his uh, finals achievement, like will get to the finals and lose and has has a, doesn't have a good championship record, but is recognized as being pretty damn good in the league. Are there some similarities there? There's absolutely no similarities. And I, I think what you're alluding to is, uh, you know, LeBron James, and he's been to twice as many. And eight in a row. So no, no. <laughs> well, we're gonna get to that guy specifically a little later. You just don't want to give Elway no credit for getting there five times and actually seven times, and he's two two for seven. Like LeBron probably should be like three for ten. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate that the Clippers didn't get there and kind of set the record as it's supposed to be, but. He probably should be three for ten. Um, 
so El, you got Elway. What about Mickey Mantle, uh, Mike Vick? What about uh, your college alum, Mr. Paul Scanzi? Do you even know who Paul Scanzi is? Um, I definitely do know who Paul Scanzi was, uh, you know, a fixer of my childhood uh, growing up, rooting for the University of Washington Huskies. Um, so, yeah, I know who Paul is. Um, Vic, no, he doesn't make the cut. And Mickey Mantle, perhaps that was a little bit of a, a misstep on my part. You know, the Mick is the Mick, man. Huge numbers. Yeah, yeah Yankee. Yeah. Uh, multiple World Series titles. So, depending on how you look at it, um, I, I do uh, put you know, John Elway in that top 10 all-time quarterbacks. So, perhaps that means a little bit more. Perhaps it doesn't. It just depends on who you ask. Okay. For my, for my right. money, I, I would I would go with John Elway. Okay. All right. Well, I got somebody better than John Elway, but uh, as far as quarterbacks, um, but that's a conversation for another day. But uh, thank you for sure. your participation. Yeah, I mean, ask me, I tell you, we got I got enough time. I'll let you know. Um, Cleveland, man, this week is uh, something that's you know been bound to happen. You mentioned it earlier in the season, like how are we going to get through the season? There was the reasons that I was kind of skeptical we were going to have a season as the weeks came closer, but we're starting to see the Titans apparently were doing a little. Um, Bending the rules as far as their workouts were going, and their socializing wasn't proper wasn't properly maintaining the social distancing. So a lot of their players have succumbed to the COVID nineteen. We have a Patriots player succumbing to the COVID nineteen. A couple of Patriots players, their star players, as a matter of fact, who succumbed to the COVID nineteen. That's impacted the the schedule. Now we have. Last week, a team, the Titans and the Steelers in particular, whose bye week was kind of adjusted so they can sit out last week, and we're not sure what's going to happen this week. And do you – Goodell has threatened forfeiture for the Titans as a a cure and a deterrent for other teams to kind of have a tougher monitor on what's going on with their teams and their players not socially distancing and players following players and coaches obviously following the protocol. What's your thoughts on the Titans situation, the outbreak that they've had, and is forfeiture, is that a, a legit um, deterrent for not following, not keeping an eye on what your players are doing? Well, the the Titans outbreak was worst case scenario. I mean, it was it, it was very similar to what the you know Miami Marlins did with the uh, you know in Major League Baseball. It's just if you don't get a hold of this, you don't get in front of this. It can just spread through your organization like wildfire, and so that was bad. I mean, we don't know exactly how or why it happened, and it's hard to, you know, retrace the steps. But um, going forward, they just have to be better about it. I mean, all of the sanctions and whatnot are—I mean, they—they you know, they mean well, and they mean to be, you know, you know, quote unquote, strict parents about all this. But at the same time, there's just—if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, then. 
how can you really say how they got it? And um, you can't say it's neglectful in the way that they got it, and you can't say that the rules will be the same all the way across the board. I mean, you know, for teams that have larger outbreaks, are there different rules? For teams that have outbreaks with superstars that directly impact the game so significantly, a.k.a. Cam Newton, a.k.a. Defensive Player of the Year, you know, both getting it, it's like that's a different thing. It's different than, like, your practice squad guy and your punter getting it. You know, it directly impacts the game in such a different way. But at the same time, I mean, if you just know that they were, you know, going to strip clubs, eating chicken wings, that's different. Okay, well, yeah, man, you're foul for doing all that and look at how you're endangering the league. Why you have to bring that just, I'm just saying that's a perfect example of how things can go wrong when you don't wow. have control over what uh, over the over the narrative and, and you know, situation. But we don't really know what happened those other, in, the, in those other in those other instances, so we can't really say for sure exactly, you know, what transpired and why this came about. If everyone is doing kind of what they're supposed to be doing and things happen, well, then things happen. I mean, that's kind of the environment that we're in. Trying to do the best that they can, and they don't have a bubble type atmosphere, like the NBA, to control everything. So, I think they're doing the best that they can. Um, They've changed some protocols around, but as far as, you know, sanctions and losing draft picks and forfeiting games, you have to know a whole lot more about what's going on with those, uh, you know, 100 players within that organization, players, coaches, you know, front office all included, to really know. So that that would be hard to uh, kind of, you know, discipline and shell out if you didn't really understand what was going on. Okay. Um, yeah, this COVID, COVID-19 is a tough situation for everybody to deal with, let alone the players or the owners and the teams having to move their games here and there and, you know, dealing with the training issue. And um, it's a t- tough scenario to deal with. Do you think the penalty is too harsh for teams facing forfeitures if they have breakouts because the players are, aren't following the proper protocols. Um, I think, it's, like I said, it's very difficult to determine that. If if you really think that, they, like, that one guy was just off doing his own thing and everybody else was being cool and then the whole team broke out, okay, well then, yeah, how do you determine that? I mean, I'm not, I'm not appreciating you keep bringing up this one example. We're talking about a team. We're talking about in basketball, there's a team of 12 guys. You can determine that, okay, the guy went and got him some chicken wings and probably had a, a impact on the rest of the guys who were in quarantine, essentially, and he brings something back and they have breakouts. But when you have upwards of 75 guys, you know, breathing on each other, colliding on with each other, and practicing, you know, um, together and the the only social distance that they can do off the field is in their classroom meetings, in the weight room, et cetera. Like, 
But that's exactly what I'm saying, Cam. It's it's impossible to assign blame to a few players if you don't really know what they're actually doing all the time and where they're supposed to be and who they come in contact with. So for to come down with sanctions and um, penalties because a team breaks out, you don't know why the team broke out. There's no way – I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like in hoop – you know why the team broke out. That dude, it's that dude. <laughs> Everyone else working every day in the same environment for three months. There's just no, it's on you. But when you're talking about, like you said, 75 players, there's coaches, they don't have all of those restrictions. And again, they're not playing in a closed environment, so you don't know how it happened. If you're that good, you should be head of the CDC, right? Like, you know exactly where this happened and why it happened and who he talked to and when he got it and who he talked to after that. It's like you have no idea. Zero. So So to come down really heavy-handed and penalize people that break out without knowing why they broke out, I mean, that seems extremely unfair to me. Okay. All right. And that's what I was trying to get you. That's a long-winded answer to say it's unfair, sir. That's what we were trying to get at, make a decision. Um, so do they miss games? So you, do we end up having 14 games a season and not the 17 games? Do you, you know, at the end of the season, you cut the last two games? And so you, to to fit in these games that are not scheduled, I mean, what do you think happens? Do you cancel – cancel the Pro Bowl and give us an extra week of to make up these games? Like, it's a, an example of the Titans and the Steelers. Like, if they're not able to fit this game in or the t- Titans have to miss another game, do you cancel the Pro Bowl, move that game to week 18 and to, to fit that game in or any other game that might have it be canceled for the similar reasons? Uh, what's what's your fix? Do you have a fix? Don't have a fix. Too soon to tell. For right now, you just try and move games around, and uh, you know, kind of use bye weeks as best you can. But yeah, there's no way. There's no way to determine that. But yeah, like the bye weeks are already used. So if the Titans, if the Titans or the Steelers specifically were to come down with another outbreak, you know, their bye week is already used. You follow what I'm saying? So absolutely, you know, it's, it's tight, and maybe you would. I mean, I guess you know the first alternate would be to go with the Thursday game. Just, I mean, what, what else can you do? It, it's pretty, it's pretty, you know, cut and dry as to when you know. There's not as much flexibility. You can't play double headers like in baseball, and you can't, you know. So you're saying play back Sunday to back to back Thursday. like in the NBA. So, so you're saying you play Sunday, have a, have a game Thursday, and play Sunday again? Not necessarily Sunday again. It just it just depends on how the schedule, you know, plays out. But best case scenario is you have to play the game on a different day. I mean, you can't extend the season. The season ends when the playoffs start. But the, the, so that's the cool thing about the NFL is like they they own their stadiums. Like on Sunday, 
you know, the NFL can kind of do what it wants to do, right? The NFL can say we're taking three weeks off. And because they own their stadium, because there's the rodeos aren't going on, because the car shows aren't going on, because – So you're being certain, arrogant a little bit, because some of the teams do play in stadiums that they share with other people. Who? They, they and who? two, and two, two. You're also saying that NFL can just say, okay, well, we're just not going to do this for two weeks, and then we're just going to push this schedule out further, and then whatever you had planned is just that's just too bad. They're just going to have who, to move. Now, who? So what? There's no concerts going on. I mean, and you couldn't move a Taylor Swift concert for uh, NFL Sunday. Yeah, you probably you could. You don't think the Cowboys? Probably, can, can but to think that 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 there are still economic ramifications, like you said, most of the teams own their own stadium, and that's what they're doing. For example, say if the you know the national championship game was supposed to be played that day in that stadium, are you just going to just say, oh well? Never mind Alabama and Clemson. We'll just you know they they just got to wait. So, um, I mean that's a that's a fair a fair example. Um, in that specific situation, if it's Alabama and Clemson scheduled for the Cotton Bowl, so you're so you're already making arbitrary, you know, exclusions for certain things and not for other things. But you don't know what these stadiums are doing. This is unprecedented territory, so we can't really prognosticate as to how this whole thing is going to play out if teams have to miss multiple games for coronavirus, you know, precautions. We we have yeah, absolutely no idea. But Cleveland, you're you're acting like there's there's concerts that are taking up the there's potential concerts that might be taking up the stadium. Like if it's a football game, they can the call uh, I I'm fully confident that the college and the NFL can work out a deal to move that game either earlier to move it Saturday from Saturday to Sunday, Sunday to Saturday, move that game around. That's not that difficult. We're talking about you're you're ta- I think you're talking about if, if the stadium has the the tractor trailer pool um, scheduled Nate, that's been scheduled for the last eight months, but that has that's not the case. There's you know the the country is essentially still in quarantine, right? So they're not they don't have the tractor pool, they don't have the Taylor Swift concert scheduled, who's already been on the calendar for the last nine months. They don't have, uh, um, you know what the the car show, the Los Angeles car show is not going to SoFi Stadium as an example. The, the Dallas car show is not going to be in in the Cowboy Stadium this year they don't have it because there's not there's nothing going on so the stadium is essentially free that's what i'm saying the stadium it's easy enough to reschedule these games and move it away if they did take a two-week sabbatical they can push everything back coming into january february playoff nfl nfl you know the nfl runs rules uh sporting world you know that don't you're trying to play uh devil's advocate and i get it but you know the nfl could say Okay, boom. Instead of playing the Super Bowl on February 3rd, we're going to play the Super Bowl on February 26th. And 
you know damn well the city of Tampa is gonna fall fall in line. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll scrap everything, throw away the merchandise that has February third on it. Um, is now February twenty sixth, or just put February two thousand twenty. You you know that you, you, there's no there, what what's going on in Florida in Tampa Bay. Um, the Gator Show is not going into you know the the stadium down there in Tampa Bay. I can't even think of the stadium. Yeah, I I, I understand what you're saying, Sam. You think that that every stadium just has an open. Uh, schedule and just whenever you want to do it, do it and we'll just acquiesce to what it is that you want to do and that's what I'm saying. That is the arrogance of the NFL and that's probably how they will handle things if things get out of hand schedule-wise down the stretch, but yeah, it's going to have ramifications to every other thing. The NFL is not the end-all be-all. Only to the NFL and to uh, advertisers. So that's where that goes. That's why the NFL is a straw that serves the drink. Well, you said it right there. Enough, enough of this debate is because you said it right there. And just as when we're sitting here, here is the third freaking Tampa Bay and Yankees uh, highlight that we've seen, and I've not seen nothing of the Dodgers yet. Just throwing that out there. Um, so we have some games potentially being moved. Uh, the Chargers and the Saints may be moved to Indianapolis. Um, again, I wonder why, Cleveland. I wonder why that can happen so easily. I wonder why they can make a phone call and say, okay, instead of playing in, in New Orleans because of the storm coming through and because, well, that's essentially the, why the game's being moved, because of the storm. I wonder why they can happen where they can say, let's go to Indian play. Hmm. Because football because, because because is everything, Cam. Because as you well know, football is everything. I'm just telling you, man, because there's nothing going on. No, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, if you just if you're just really going to be real about it, because football is everything. And hey, NFL has big dollars, and if there was a a issue going on, they could pay um, who's uh, name an indie rapper. Um, They could pay Tech Nine to say, hey, let's use the stadium. Um, Let us use the stadium, and you can reschedule your concert to next week. You know, here's uh, what you're said said to make three hundred grand for the for the show. Here's three hundred fifty grand. Sit back, let us have this date and change. I, I'm having a brain fart as to that was going to happen. That happened earlier in the year. I think it would happen due to basketball reasons. I can't remember exactly the te- the technical situation, exactly what happened, but the Staples Center had to do something like that because of the play the way the playoff games had to break out. That was maybe that was last season, but I can't remember the exact if I can think about it I'll share it with you. But I can't remember something like that like this very similar happened to the Staples in the last season. Um if it comes to my mind I remind uh I'll share it with you. But they just paid paid the stadium a few dollars, pay whoever has the concert they have to buy out the stadium, have to pay that guy for a few dollars. Gee, now this now this is bothering me. Ice Cube and the Big Three had they had bought out the arena for that particular day, but because something got changed around, it was looking like the Clippers were going to have to use the stadium, and they end up man, what what happened? I'm sorry, fans. I'm just ha- I'm having a brain spark. This is uh, um, Something like I remember included Ice Cube in the Big Three had bought out the stadium. They was going to need the stadium. 
and somebody had to pay them off so they didn't have their their championship game that day. I'm, I'm having a brain fart. I can't remember exactly what it was, but to to our point, it didn't have anything to do with the NFL though. So they just paid them a few dollars and said, okay, we'll re, we'll we will reschedule our game. I mean, that's how it happens. They pay. It's it's all money involved. So again, the NFL has the the biggest brand, the deepest pockets, and they'll they will adjust. I assure you, there was nothing going on in Indianapolis. There was no car show. There was, I mean, they could wash the they could wash the carpet. They can pay somebody to go in there, sanitize the stadium, to allow the NFL team to come in there. I can assure you that was not that big of an issue. And of course, Indianapolis is going to welcome that. So, um, just as an example. Um, but getting back to action on the field, man. On Sunday. We know the Browns. You and I both had the Cowboys beating the Browns, but was that good Browns or bad Cowboys? What did you see from that game? Um, I saw good Browns and bad Cowboys, but let's let's emphasize the good Browns. Um, that offense finally looked like it was supposed to look. I mean, they scored a a massive amount of points. The running game uh, before Nick Chubb got hurt was a uh, dominant. Uh, and Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. Jr. had his. Oh, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, for no for no particular reason. Hopefully, it's not one of your guys. Um, oh, and Odell Beckham Jr. having you know his best game as a Cleveland Brown, doing doing what Odell Beckham is capable of doing. You know, even you know caught a touchdown pass from Jarvis. It was you know they, they looked like they were really doing their thing. On the flip side, Dak threw for 500 yards. Ezekiel did his thing. C.D. Lamb finally, you know, was, you know, kind of conforming to wearing that number 88 and what that means and, you know, the level of expectation that comes with that in Dallas. And, you know, they didn't play horribly, but, you know, the Browns just played a little bit better. The Dallas Cowboys gave us eight yards rushing, eight yards of carry rushing. That was not good football. Um, obviously, Dak threw a bunch of – a bunch of – uh, threw for a bunch of yards and, and you know, trying to make a comeback, try to mount a comeback, and the Browns were just – 500 yards, four yeah, touchdowns, two two-point yeah. conversions. Yeah, 60 points. Yeah, he went for 60 points uh, this this week as uh, Russell um, had a very pedestrian game against my Dolphins, and I didn't get the points. Just uh, I know about that matchup. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, I felt, yeah. I felt that matchup. Um, okay. Good Cardinals or bad Panthers? Uh, good Panthers, bad Cardinals. Cardinals are supposed okay. to have this explosive offense that the first two weeks looked extraordinary, like, ooh, perhaps my Seahawks better take note. But uh, these last two games, yeah, not so much, man. Didn't look like uh, they were who they said they were, and um, I don't want to say a huge regression, but uh, losing to Carolina without Christian McCaffrey is not—it's not a good look. Without, yeah, it's not a good look. Although they have a running back back there that you may be, you might be familiar with, man. Um, who? I'm sorry. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, move yeah. along. Next yeah. subject. <laughs> hit, hit, hit the brakes. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't like that, huh? Because uh, he, he seemed to be performing. Yeah, compares, comparisons to uh, Christian McCaffrey being out. Yeah, man, keep it moving, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll move right along to the next to the next topic. 
what's what's up? Who you got? Good Cardinals or bad Raiders? Or excuse me, uh, no, we just say the Cardinals. The Raiders went to one. Um, who do the Raiders play? Good Chiefs or bad Raiders? That was kind of oh, good Chiefs, game. man. Good, 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 good Chiefs. Although one of those Raiders over there is giving me a little bit of a concern. He's starting to look like the uh, other Crimson Tide running backs. Josh Jacobs not really being himself that game. Little, uh, little concerned. And they have another, uh, and they have another Crimson Tide uh, skill position player over there, hobbling. Henry Ruggs third. Oh man, a little too much sabermetrics going on over there. I listen to him. So it was the Bills. It was a good Bills or bad, or bad Raiders. Um, excuse me. Yeah, it was good Bills or bad Raiders. So, uh, Bills actually beat them by seven points. And as you say, kind of uh, at the Raiders' home. Now, you, just come on. Football reasons, man. I know you want to be. You call your saber your saber metrics. I like that. Con, I like that term there. We're gonna have to use that. That that'll come up frequently, fans. Cleveland saber. You need it. You coined that. A good coined a good one there. Um, but you understand kind of what is going on with Jacobs, right? You 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 do understand that, I and mean, it's not hard to kind of figure this out. Man, cut that out, man! I don't want to hear all your excuses and explanations. Uh, let's let's get right to the Mike Tomlin part of this show. No excuses, no explanations, man. If you're that dude, man, let's get down, get some yards, uh, be productive, man. Don't act like oh, I'm the focal point of the offense. Did Eric Dickerson ever say that? Oh man, I'm the focal point of the offense. They might they might shut me down. Nah, man, I'm just gonna run for twenty five for twenty one hundred and five yards. I don't care what they're doing. I'm Eric Dickerson. Okay. Cowbell running backs don't say, Oh man, they're keying on me, man. I ah that's why my production's so down. No, man. I'm that dude. I'm that dude. Okay. Hey, I can't argue that. <laughs> he he went straight to ED on me. I I cannot argue that one. Um, with 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 wow. a with a Canadian Football League quarterback behind him in Dieter Brock <laughs> for twenty one hundred and five yards. Oh uh, wow! I can't I can't argue that one. I mean, we know he's not ED though. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's that's. I mean, he's not ED, man. But the, but 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 I'm not giving him a pass. Because they know he's going to get the ball? No, oh, man. No. I mean, you you're, you like to say well, we got a tape on you. You like, That's your favorite line. That's one of your favorite lines is we got tape on you. That's for average regular players. Is Josh Jacobs average and regular all of a sudden? Is that, where, is that what we're resigning to? No, not at all. Not at all, but that is your okay. That is your favorite well, line. Then, well, then all that tape is a lie then. You still have to do it, and if you can shut him down, then he's just ordinary, I guess, oh, okay. like the rest of those Alabama running backs. <laughs> he's hot. He's hot about it. He came right out of the Usually he likes to dance around it, folks, but he came out and went right to the core. Alabama backs with pencil the ball. He must be on your fantasy football team. Look, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about – he must, be on your, he, okay. he, he, must, he must be on your squad. He, did you pick up number one? 
Was that your first first draft pick? I picked him number one. Of course you don't pick Josh Jacobs number one. But he's on your squad. You expect him to do some things. Oh, boy. He's, he's a little saucy right now. All right. Well, so let me know. Was that good bucks or bad charges? That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to have to say good bucks because Tom Brady threw for five touchdowns. I like the way – uh, Herbert played. I mean, he hung right in there with, uh, you know, his mentor or his uh, idol, you know, but, uh, you know, a few plays here and there could have, you know, changed the outcome of the game, but I'm going to have to say better bucks. Tom's going for five touchdowns. That, that's kind of impressive considering all the uh, criticism that he had been subjected to the previous couple of weeks. Yes. Can you tell me a team more snake bitten than the Los Angeles Chargers? Ooh, more snake bitten. That would be hard, that would be hard to come up with, Cam. I mean, Derwin James, two out of three seasons. Um, just when you think they're turning the corner, they got they come down with an injury. When in the playoffs, your one of your favorite guys is standing um, on the sideline with his helmet on, like. Due to injury or you know supposed injury, um, Austin Eckler, a guy, a workout warrior who's been played every game in his young career, undrafted free agent, best player, best offensive player, comes down with an awkward hamstring slash knee injury. Can you think of, of their quarterback comes into? Week two of the season gets a punctured lung from, um, you know, self-inflicted wound when their own doctor <laughs> punctured his lungs. Like, can you? It's always something with these guys, man. It's always something with these guys. Um, like, can you think of a, a more snake bitten squad? This season, I would have to say maybe the 49ers. They've had a multitude of injuries um, to very key positions, but uh, I mean, the Los Angeles Chargers have certainly had their share of adversity, but that's that's part of the game, unfortunately. Wow. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, on the on the flip side, Herbert, Herbert looks good, man. He, he's looked really good, in my opinion. Outside, he's a rookie, so he's going to have rookie mistakes. Um he took the defending champs to overtime uh, on short notice. Figured out he was going to play. They, he did lose to Carolina through an end of life pick there. Um, they had a couple rookie turnovers there, um, and then they played. You know, Tom Brady again, rookie turnovers, rookie mistakes. They got two rookies in the backfield, and you can't you can't fumble with a minute to go. Uh, 24, 24 to seven, or a minute to go in, uh, before halftime. You can't fumble inside your ten and give anybody the ball, let alone Tom Brady, right? Um, and that really changed the tide, changed the momentum of the, of the game there. So, a couple of things here: they're relying on some rookies in, in key positions, and it's kind of it's kind of bit them in the butt, but I think they do have at least they have a quarterback, a young quarterback who's playing. Um, was drafted number six after somebody else that we're going to talk about later here in, in the show, who's actually playing and producing. Like I like what I see from this quarterback. Was not 
And honestly, I did not see – I can't say I saw any of his games in college. But I do like what I see in the pros. He's been he's been stand-up, again, except for – aside for a couple throws here and there, he's been a pretty stand-up quarterback. Can you say the same? Have you liked what you've seen from Herbert? I definitely have. I uh, really have been impressed with his toughness running the ball. He's uh, hurt some people, and they've kind of been trying – Act like they're going to lick this quarterback, man. They they're they're the worst for wear. So um, he's not afraid of the contact. Um, the moment is not too big for him. He's just trying to grow and develop as it goes. And it, you know, it's I don't want to say pleasant to see, but it's uh, you know encouraging. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's really encouraging. And then uh, he's kind of a no nonsense guy. And, like he's very he's very serious and stoic. Like at least talking to the media. Um, and not too not too high, too low, pretty even kill guy. So I think they got a kind of a as you mentioned, I think you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Tyrod Taylor has seen his uh, his last days as a Chargers starter quarterback. I think you mentioned that last week or a couple of weeks ago. Um so this week, man, let's run down our, our confidence picks. I'm not sure you want to do it this week because uh there was no advantage there. Um Baltimore. We could just say we could just say it was a draw, man. We were we were both very confident in our picks, and our our picks came through. If you want to read them out, that's fine. You know, I'm still way ahead, but do your thing, man. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, this week, man, uh, you had Cincinnati over Jacksonville. I thought Jacksonville, Cincinnati was hadn't won a game. I thought Jacksonville would go in there and get the W. Uh, what did you see from the Bengals and Joe Burrow that? Um, got that W in that game. Well, I think that uh, Joe Burrow has a lot of offensive weapons over there that he can use and utilize, and he's he's done it quite well. I've been extremely impressed with his place. I thought that he would kind of come out kind of fumbling a little bit, be a little bit overhyped, but no, he's been every uh, bit of that as advertised. Do you think Joe Burrow now, would you say Joe Burrow was worth three number ones, or would you are you not ready to go there yet? I'm not ready to go there yet. It's certainly not with a team that wasn't very good. If it was a team that was pretty good, yeah, perhaps. But uh, no, not not three top ten picks. No, I don't think he's worth that. No, there were three in the top twenty-one. They would have been, and yes, I agree. They, yeah, I would have done. I would have made that move. I saw now. I've seen enough. Uh, we talked about the Cowboys um, losing to the Browns. We both had the Cowboys in that one. Um, all the other games we agreed with, except for Buffalo and Las Vegas. Um, we know why you picked Las Vegas and that you're pretty passionate about that. Buffalo got the W. I just thought Buffalo – I had Buffalo getting the W there. Um, what I – you know, Buffalo was a good team, kind of a uh, on a better run. You know, I'm not buying the East Coast, the West Coast, East Coast travel situation. and I think that's what you were hinging on there. Um Buffalo brought a good team into Las Vegas, got that W, and I'm gonna go there. Would you blame that loss to that Las Vegas loss or anything outside of uh, their running back production? I'll refrain comments for now, Cam. I'll refrain comments for now. <laughs> okay, looking at our looking at our picks against the spread. Uh, we we went two and two. Seattle won. Arizona lost, and Green Bay won. For me, uh, Minnesota 
um, Minnesota lost, or excuse me, Minnesota won, the Chargers won, and Las Vegas lost for you. So it gave us both a tie there. Um, going into the going into the week, so we end up tying on the picks. Of, we tied everything. It was a trifecta in the ties situation this year or this week. We got two picks against the spread correct, two out of three, twelve out of sixteen games uh, correct, and uh, obviously there was one game that was uh, postponed due um, due to COVID reasons that we talked about. So. Uh, that was our picks for the week in the NFL, Cleveland. Let's take a little break here, and we're going to come back. And I got a question for you about Mr. Jimmy Buckets. I want to see if you can answer this truthfully yet. Okay, sure. Can't wait. Let's, so let's take a little break here, and we'll talk soon. All right, fans, welcome back to the show. Thank you guys for tuning in to Voice of the Fans podcast. It is week 107. Cleveland, we had some finals NBA action going down while we were away. Had a couple games. Game three, where a guy who heard you compare him to Mr. Patrick Beverly went off for a 40-point triple-double, 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 excuse me, Cameron, get it out. Um, and kind of had finished the game first time that your guy number 23 for the Lakers was outscored, out-rebounded, and out-assisted in a basketball game that he played in, a finals game that he played in. That happened to by Mr. Jimmy Butler. Are you ready to say he's more he's more than a role player and he, are you ready to call him a superstar player yet? You know, Cam, that was a breakout game for Jimmy, Patrick Beverly Butler, and he did a lot of things <laughs> that uh, are a little bit over his head, <laughs> as we over saw in game four. Yeah, over his head, as we saw in game four. You know, I, I attribute it to, like, you know, when you, you fight with your little brother and, you know, you, you know, you're beating his ass all the time, and then all of a sudden he just, you know, steps up and, you know, steps up to the challenge. You're like, oh man, he's 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 serious today. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. But then the next thing he's got to put him back in his place, and it's like, okay, yeah. Second, third tier superstar. Certainly, certainly not. You know, of the upper echelon by any means, but you know, he definitely did grit it out in Game Three, um, down two to zero. Um, realized the magnitude of the situation and came through. Uh, game four, not so much. Okay, so it's over then. So it, it goes five when you, I, I believe you originally had this a seven-game series. Now you're saying it's, it's it's over in five because the Heat have no superstars and they can't contend with the team. Is that what you're saying? Whoa, 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 whoa. Cam, slow down, slow down. I originally had it in six and nobody wants to get clippered out here. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Nobody wants to be up 3-1 oh. and, you know, <laughs> drop the ball. So they definitely oh, have to boy. finish, you know, their business. Oh. 
But fortunately, they're, they're in a good they're in a good position to do that, and hopefully, uh, LeBron James, with his experience, um, ten times in the finals, can carry them through, and Anthony Davis can find his wings and continue to uh, fly and aspire the way that he has been. So, you know, the job's not done by any means, but you know, certainly it puts the Lakers in a better position. So I want to I want to share something with the fans that have gone unreported. Um, what's been widely reported is the the text that LeBron sent to his, his teammates saying this is a must win. But what's not been mentioned is the text that he sent to the officials saying, I need more calls. And the refs got the message that we must give LeBron more calls. What do you think about all the the NBA officiating in this NBA finals and how it's catering to a certain team in the purple, purple and gold. And sometimes they were black. Sometimes they were white. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to figure out what colors they actually are, but you know, the guy with the yellow shoes. I mean, what do you think is going on with the officiating there? And do, do they have to make it look so obvious like that they're favoring one team over the, over the other? Well, Cam, as you well know, and perhaps you have you forgotten, NBA officials are impartial. I mean, it's called gambling where the game is played. So, um, trying to put this all on LeBron and you know um, fictitious calls to the uh, referee association to get more calls is a little, you know, it's a little petty. I, I understand where you're coming from, being being such a devout Clippers fan and all. But uh, I mean, how how else going on out here? How else can you see it when, come on, the, the guy Tyler Hero goes in there for a, defense, uh, a defensive play to try to defend the guy driving to the rim, and he gets a clear clear shoulder elbow and goes flying to the ground, and no flag is called or no whistle is blown? Like the refs were already heading down court the other way before the bucket goes in. Like how, how do you how, how do you kind of justify that? These officials are the best in the world. Um, they have oh, a split second to make it to make a call, oh, and oh they, they do it to the best of their ability. And so far, so good. So, I mean, so you know, far, there, there not, there, there's not been anything <laughs> too overly egregious, in my opinion. So far, so good. Spoken like a Laker fan. So far, so good. And this is ridiculous. Um, I mean, there, come on. There's there's whining and calling every play. Uh, we're not gonna whine. We're not gonna whine and complain about every call, Cam. I mean, play the game the way the game is supposed to be played, and 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 you let it you let things go the way they transpire, the way they the way they unfold, the way it evolves. Okay, so you're not gonna blame uh, the referees for uh, a championship if the Lakers should be so fortunate as to win this one. Well, I'll be I'll blame the referees for the lack of calling. That's what I'll blame on. But, you know, speaking, if, if the Lakers should be so uh, fortunate to win this game, the, the, the way things are going, the way the, the league has slanted things into their favor, um, who should win the finals MVP? Is that going to be Rajon Rondo or Anthony Davis? Man, I'm 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 uh, leaning towards Contavious Caldwell Pope. <laughs> He had a big game last night. No, not a big game. He had some big buckets last night. The three in the corner when there it was a three point game or two point game. That was a big time three right there. 
And then to come back and just to take old boy off the dribble on the next play, I mean, those are two big scores within, I think, the final two minutes of the game. Those were big plays that he made. I, yesterday, he would have been the the game MVP. I give him credit for that one. But we're talking about the series, man. Who, who do you have as the finals MVP for the all five or six games, however long it actually goes? Right, um, right now, it's uh, it, right now it's probably uh, Nipitak between Anthony Davis and LeBron James, in my opinion. Um, again, Contavious Caldwell Pope, um, you know, contributing quite a bit, but I got a slight nod to Anthony Davis right now, going into Game Five. Okay, and what do you think? Did you sign a petition about Kyle Kuzma not getting the ring should they win? Did you sign that position? Petition was that a I did sign. I I did I did sign that, Cam. I did sign that. How you gonna say a guy should not get a ring? How you gonna say a guy should not get a ring? Look at it. You guys are some cruel people, man. I tell you. He just has he just hasn't shown up like a like a real like a real player. Um, you know, he could have very easily been thrown into that Anthony Davis trade and kept Josh Hart, and you know, it might have been better off. It's hard to say, man. Uh, I think Kuzma is a little bit too in his own head. Um, I, I think he feels entitled that they kept him in the trade as opposed to all the rest of the, uh, you know, pieces that went over to New Orleans to get Anthony Davis, and um, he's just been living the life, man. So here's something about Kuzma. I mean, maybe you're aware of this. Maybe you're not. Kuzma hired a new agent in the offseason. He was approached by one Rich Paul to join Clutch. He says, no, I don't want to join you guys. No, I don't want to be part of that team. I want to hire my own agent. Wynn hired his own agent in the offseason. I think that says Kuzma will not be back with the Lakers <laughs> this coming this season as he's a as he is a free agent at the end of the year. What's your thoughts on that? Well, agents don't make plays or lack thereof, Cam. So um, I don't think that's the the major factor. Um, it certainly, if it was a tie, um, you know, tie goes to the you know player that is down with the team. You know. The, the same uh, agency that, uh, you know, has Anthony Davis and LeBron James as clients. But, uh, you know, hey, man, I think that they've proven that uh, Kyle Kuzma is not one of those pieces that's so uh, precious as they felt previously. Um, his play has just not uh, reflected that. So if he wants to leave um, and somebody wants to pay him uh, tens of millions of dollars, man, be gone. But if he has a ring, I mean, does, isn't that going to warrant the tens of millions of dollars if he ends up with the ring? I mean, if 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 somebody wants to give him that kind of money because they see the potential on him, that's fine. Uh, you know, do do this do the swaggy P thing and just you know get your ring and talk about it to people and you know keep it keep it pushing, man. The Minnesota Timberwolves, you think he'll fit in well, or the Sacramento Kings? I don't know where he's going to be, but it, I cannot say that he's any longer an integral part of the uh, movement going forward. 
given his play this uh this playoff uh series in the bubble. You guys are tough, man. You Laker fans are tough, bro. I tell you what, he's been a key factor in there, and you guys got a petition going around saying the man should not get a ring. And Cleveland signs off on this. I did. This I signed kind of, it. This is the kind, of, kind of guy I'm dealing with, fans, just so you know. This is the kind of fickle front-running fan that I'm dealing with over here. Um, anything else you want to add, sir, on the NBA Finals? You got any more uh, final talk? I mean, what do you think about? No, not game? not not really. Let's just let's just let's just sit back and wait and see if the Los Angeles Lakers can get their seventeenth NBA championship, tying the great Boston Celtics, and we'll go from there. Uh, you know, perhaps some more talk next week, Camp, depending on how this series unfolds. I mean, are you, did they? Did they send you a schedule for the parade? I mean, do you know if they're going down Figueroa? Is it going to be a um, Figueroa? Yeah, they are. They are uh, no, no, no. They're they're going down. They're going down Figueroa. Uh, you know, with the uh, police escort, and you know, unfortunately, the fans won't be able to be there. But you know, virtually, you know, online, I'm sure they will show their support. Come on, cut it out. You think they you think they're gonna have a bus going down Figueroa celebrating the the seventeenth championship and fans aren't gonna be in the in, in attendance? You think that's what's gonna happen? <laughs> what do you think what do you what do you think you're talking about? You're talking about the city of Los Angeles, California. Where half the people aren't aren't going to work, half the people aren't going to school. You think there's gonna be a Laker bus going down Figueroa and fans won't attend? Is that what you think? You think they're going to listen to, please don't come out, please attend this on Zoom? You think that's what's going to happen? That is exactly right, Cam. They will conform Man, to, good. unfortunately, the new norm, um, given yeah. what so, the you know, pandemic and the coronavirus is presenting. Um, they will respectfully decline to be there, but at the same time, they will be there. That is absolute preposterous assertion. If you... Clearly, you have not seen any of the videos where there was an unfortunate incident that happened in February this year where the, a guy who hasn't played on the team for over five years passed away in an un, unfortunate accident. And the memorial lasted two weeks long. For two weeks, people from all over the world. It's before the coronavirus, if, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think I think it was a day or so, a day or so before. Yes, um, Cleveland, you are absolutely. I, I I put it like this: I will show you uh, video feeds and content of fans hanging out around, <laughs> hanging around out of Ventura, uh, Figueroa Avenue outside Staples Center waiting for that bus to come through. Should they win on Friday, fans will be, fans will be there. Friday, as the whistle blows, staking their seat out, waiting for the bus to come down Figueroa. I guarantee it. Um, and I'll actually have video footage for you. How about that? Sounds good, Cam. I mean, hopefully the, you know, the, the, the fans will be respectful of uh, you know the situation that's going on in the world, and you know won't won't be uh, overzealous about things. But at the same time, if they're if they are able to win their 17th championship, I can't argue with you know, their enthusiasm, so. Oh, listen to this guy. Now you're playing both sides of the fence. I get you. I get you. Just like the Laker fan you are, both sides of the fence. Can't, 
I got it. Fans, let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about this week in history. Talk about the tear that Barry Bonds was on back at this time, 2001. We're actually going to talk about some more NFL action. Somebody was let go. Somebody's quarterback was benched. And I think it's time for somebody's quarterback to come off the bench. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Let's take a break right here, Cleveland. Hey, fans. One thank you guys for tuning in to our Voice of the Fans podcast as you do each and every week. We appreciate the love. Please make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend about our show. Additionally, I'd like to ask that you guys subscribe to our Voice of the Fans YouTube page. Go to YouTube, type in Voice of the Fans, hit the subscribe button. What you're going to find there is a lot of exclusive content. Interviews between Greg Popovich and myself, Scott Farrell, Sports Talk host, and myself. You're going to hear my conversation with Emmett Smith. Hear why he tells me to go do some research. You're also going to see my interview with Jim Brown, legendary Jim Brown. You're going to see my interviews with Eric Dickerson. You're going to see my interview with Terrell Davis. Hear why Terrell Davis says that Broncos running system was not a system. Hear his explanation of that. Once again, Voice of the Fans on YouTube page. Check it out. Again, tell a friend to tell a friend because we appreciate that love. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, thank you for making our voice your choice. What's good, fans? Thank you guys for tuning in to week 107 of the Voice of the Fans podcast. Every week we talk about some history, some things that went down in history. This week we're going to talk about Frank Robinson becomes the first black manager in Major League Baseball. Do you know what team he coached or he was a manager of, Mr. Cleveland? I want to say the Baltimore Orioles, Cam. In fact, it was the Cleveland Indians in 1974. Ah, that one. October Thank 9th. For, he became, for clarifying. Became the first manager. Cleveland. October 11th. 1887, and Mr. A. Miles patented the elevator. Never knew that, man. The researcher opened her eyes. Mr. Miles patented the elevator back in 1887. Black guy to do that. And in 2000, in 2001, October 2nd, Mr. Barry Bonds hit the 73rd home run, set the new season record that, uh, a lot of people don't recognize these days. But new season record with uh, how many home runs did he hit? Well, Cam, he actually hit 73 that season, but he actually broke the record six home runs previous with 67, breaking Sammy Sosa's record. Excuse me. Yeah. Breaking that yeah, record. Like, but yeah, it was right. actually with 72 that he broke Mark McGuire because Mark McGuire had the 71. I would yeah, rephrase. There you go. All right, good call. Um, so apparently J.J. Watt endorsed uh, firing of Mr. Bill Bryan as the te- Texans head coach. I think that was a long overdue situation there, uh, O'Brien being ousted as a coach. What's your thoughts on that? And does J.J. Watt get any kickback for 
kind of endorsing this and telling the ownership something needs to change in the press conference the other day. Uh, certainly not a good look when your franchise player says, I don't like the coach. Um, and all of the moves up to this point had been very questionable. And uh, the moves certainly did not um, translate onto the field. And so um, another Belichick disciple goes down, uh, not really living up to expectation, unfortunately. Yeah, there's a, a, a long list of these guys. You're right. Um and but we knew kind of this is overdue actually. This is one of the this is one of the firings that was overdue. Um and it's kind of about time it happens and it's just unfortunate we're in week four of the season and that position is gonna go unfilled by it was gonna be temporary to fill by Bill Belichick's disciple and you think he's gonna have any more success? I really don't, Cam. I think he's a little bit uh, past his prime with regards to coaching prowess, and um, I think that he was pretty resigned to his new role, um, and getting back down there in the trenches and having to do this every day is hard, man. So I don't don't think that Romeo was – what's that now? No, I see. I said, give me that. Walker Brewer, I just saw the play you were talking about earlier. Walker Brewer goes take the home run out of there. Oh um, yeah, that, that was that was splendid. That was fantastic, especially off of uh, Fernando Tatis's bat and uh, off of the hundred mile an hour fastball. Yeah, that was that was big. But uh, yeah, Romeo five years ago, maybe he had something left. Uh, Romeo in two thousand twenty, man, I think he <laughs> was like somewhat shocked that he was like all of a sudden having to do all the things again. Didn't uh, didn't. O'Brien take over for Romeo uh Romeo Cornell? I thought he um, Romeo, you know, I don't I don't remember I don't remember how the how the coaching tree um got handed off. I perhaps Romeo was the coach down there in Houston. But again, he's just a, a Belichick disciple. I mean we go Cornell, we go Weiss, we go McDaniels, we go Haley, we go Patricia, we go O'Brien, yeah. we go Flores. I mean, you know, not even really had a tremendous amount of success. But let's be, let's wait, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. You ready to throw Flores in that mix already? I mean, you've been touting how how he's been changing the culture down there. Now you're ready to put him. In he's been doing. He's been doing. He's been doing the best he can, Cam. I mean, given the set of circumstances, and I think oh. he's definitely um, changed the culture down there. Like you said, you you didn't want to tank last year, and he didn't. He came on strong towards the end of the season, beat the Patriots at the end of the you know at the end of the year, and I mean I believe going into the Seahawks game, uh, they were six and six in the last twelve games, so that's definitely an improvement, but uh, not enough to keep your job, not long term. Uh, also, he's not the long term term answer, but you like what he's done. Well, well, well we're not we're not sure we're not sure just yet. But uh, you know, if we're going by history and what Belichick disciples have been able to do in the league, it's just not a lot. Okay, all right. Uh, I mean, I'm, I don't disagree with you, but I've been telling you this for um, for what now sixteen weeks, and you you seem to have a different. Um, Outlook on this guy from South Florida in, in South Florida for what? Well, well, I mean, let's continue to give him a shot. Good luck to him. We got our fingers crossed, Cam, that he can turn things around at a three hundred five. But you know, until it's actually done, I mean, I can't really anoint him as one of uh, 
you know, well, well let's the talk Belichick about, disciples let's talk, to be a success story. Let, let's talk about that guy up in, in the D.C. area who you were trying to give a shot to, but um, now <laughs> unceremoniously he goes from the starter to the third string cornerback and might quarterback and might not even suit up for the game this week. Well, what's going on there? And did, was the fall off that precipitous that uh, he, he he doesn't even suit up this week? You know, Cam, I don't want to say that the fall off was that precipitous. What I want to say is that perhaps he has not been given the best opportunity to succeed. Uh, circumstances as they are, didn't really have a full training camp. You know, has a new head coaching regime come in. Has new offensive coordinators, uh, new, you know, terminology to learn, and you know, just hasn't quite, you know, gotten up to speed. However, he plays in a division where everyone, you know, is no one has more than one win. So, you know, if you think you can make a change and you know get two or three more victories, uh, that's significant in the NFC. So, not surprised they made the change and. <clears throat> Not wanting us, not going to say it wasn't overdue. Um, they they just didn't, you know, have the time to uh, let that kind of talent um, continue to maturate at its current rate. You know, this wasn't this wasn't enough of a, you know, success over the you know short term. Well, it's uh, I mean that's pretty. <laughs> Four weeks. I mean, in the team is not. Were they onto the? Did I miss something? Were these guys contending for the division title and uh, and Super Bowl aspirations? Did they have that all of that? Yes, you, you did. You did miss something, Cam. Everybody is contending for the division title in that division. Nobody has more than one win. <laughs> We're four weeks into the year. We're four weeks into yeah. the season. <laughs> yeah, you get it. <laughs> um, the, the the top team is top team is one two and one. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. The other the other three teams are one and three and zero oh and four. So yeah, one little tweak could definitely change the. Uh, but it's not like you bring entire in, situation. It's not like you bring in a guy who is firm, formerly the number one draft pick of the NFL. It's not like you bring in a guy with 11 years experience as, as a quarterback. I think it's 12 years experience as the NFL quarterback. It's not like you bring in a guy who's uh, lit, whose last time as a starter led his team to a uh, season with one loss, or I think it was two losses in in their in his career. You're bringing a guy who's what is his record? Um, four and seven. You're bringing this guy like. There's a lot more going on there with that Washington football team than than meets the eye. Not only the ownership kind of in shambles and the front office is, is in mixed up, but now we see that Ron Rivera, um, you know, takes four weeks to make this rash rash decision. May not be the best coach for the for the team as well. So we'll we'll see how this transpires, and you know, let me know how things go. Let me know how how things go with this division here in in this one win division four weeks into the season. Clavon, you you mentioned Flores earlier. If Flores was a good coach, 
and, and I'll just give you a few reasons why um, I can tell you that things won't work out for Flores. If Flores was a good coach, he would have started Josh Rosen over Fitzpatrick last season. Fitzpatrick wouldn't have seen the, he wouldn't have seen much of the field until we were absolutely positively sure that Josh Rosen was not an NFL quarterback. Because um, if you're going to tank, tank with a rookie, you don't tank with a veteran. If Flores was a good coach, he does not let superstars walk out of the door. We and or game changers walk out the door, such as Laramie Tunzel, such as Mika Fitzpatrick, such as Kenyon Drake. You talk these guys into staying and believing and buying into your program if you're a good coach, because you need that talent. And not not to not to mention that when you let these guys go, you don't even replace them. You don't even replace a Kenyon Drake. You don't even replace a Laramie Tunzel. You know, and you try to draft some cornerbacks to play safety, but you don't get the production as a guy who comes into the who shows immediate impact on your defense and doesn't want to buy the tanking philosophy. So he's pissed off at the coach and the, the players in the locker room. I'm 100% with Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm not buying this tanking philosophy. I'm here to win. Let's win now. Let's win with what we got. Let's be men and play the hand where we're dealt and win with what we got and scrap this tanking idea for somebody who's unproven. Somebody who's unproven. However, all that being said, It's tour time in Miami. And the fact the Ryan Fitzpatrick experiment is over, it's come to its conclusion. If you didn't notice this in week four of last season, hopefully 365 days later you realize that the experiment is over. It's time to play your rookie. We have the number six draft pick of the Los Angeles Chargers performing. As I mentioned earlier, took the defending championship, the uh, defending champions, NFL Super Bowl champions, took them to overtime. A rookie did that, okay? In the next couple of games, he made a rookie mistake. He's still short. He's still winless. But you see promise in Justin Herbert. You see promise there. He goes last week, he just goes, you know, uh, tit for tat with who a lot of arguably is. Oh, I'm not even going to say that, who a lot of people believe is one of the best quarterbacks to play the game. It's time that you look at what you got on your bench. You look for a reason for your team to be excited to come out this week against their competition. And week in and week out, we're week four. It's time to see what this guy has. No more sitting on the bench. No more let the season play out. No more Let's put the put him in the right situation for him to perform. It's time to it's time it's time to put him on the field and see what you got. It's tour time in Miami. Your thoughts? Uh, not quite time yet, Cam. Um, as I mentioned before, after losing their first seven games last season. They went four and three down the stretch. 
with wins over New England, Philadelphia, and the Colts. Going okay, before you go, before season, before you go, before going you into go this on. season, they before haven't won Jacksonville, and their losses are to New England, Buffalo, and Seattle. I mean, those are not bad losses, Cam. If they get out to Snide this week and beat the 49ers and then beat the Broncos, I mean, for crying out loud, they're three and three. Those are those are winnable games, Cam. Stay with the program. I mean, trust the process. He was trying to change a culture. He was trying to change a culture over there. He did not tank all of the games, or they would have had Joe Burrow. They have Tua Tagovailoa because they were trying to do some things over there. Okay. They have Miles Gaskin running the ball. They have Miles Gaskin running the ball effectively. They have a running game now to uh, bring balance to their offense. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is, you know, he's nothing to sneeze at, man. He might throw for 4,000 yards this year. Uh, with with twenty eight interceptions, okay. I I'm just saying I'm just saying he might throw four thousand yards this year. I didn't I I would, didn't go into his interception uh, to touchdown ratio or anything like that. I'm just saying you know Ryan Fitzpatrick still gives him an opportunity to win. They almost won on uh last Sunday. Sure, they made that they made that Seahawks game much much closer than people thought. I'm pretty sure. Man, you don't even believe the BS you're talking. You don't even believe this shit yourself. Okay. It's not. It's not time for Tua just yet. It's not time for Tua just yet. Let him, you know, kind of learn a little bit more, a little bit more mentoring going on, a little bit more tutelage. Um, he'll he'll see the field when it's time, and he'll be prepared when it when we you know when he does. Cleveland, your 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 guy who who made the game so close on Sunday is one and three. He has a sixty nine percent completion rating, sir. His QBR his doesn't even chart, okay? His QBR doesn't even chart. That's how bad it is. Cleveland, you say Miles Gaskin. Come on, man. I know you're, I know you're BSing when you throw Miles Gaskin in there. You didn't even think – a UW alum didn't even think this guy had a chance to play in the league. So, come on. Stop it, okay? It's, it's two a time in Miami. Um, it's time to see. Yes, you say they could be. They have two winnable games coming up outside the Niners. I mean, they could get absolutely drilled this week in the Niners. Although the Niners have a rash of injuries, they should be. Um, they should drill the Dolphins. You know that they have a couple winning. Uh, a couple games after uh, that are, are fairly reasonable. They do play the Chargers here in a couple weeks. So it's time that you have this guy ready. Number five should be playing number six by the 25th of October uh, in Miami. Um, wow. There's, there's, Cleveland, you say they you say they did some things. All right, everybody wants to bring up the point that they finished the season strong. Cleveland, when the team's when the team is 0 and 8 and teams travel to Miami, Florida. Have you I was just wondering, have you ever been to Miami, Florida, sir? Just, 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 just as a you know, shits and grins. Have you been to Florida? If you haven't been to Florida, let me let me help you out. I, I have, I have, I have, I have been to Florida, Cam. Um, you know, during hurricane season, it's kind of scary. I mean, a lot of you know, kind of bad, wild things can happen. You just try and get your business done and get back to where it is that you're going. 
no, 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 no. That's 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 where you're wrong. Teams fly into Miami a, a night early, okay, a day earlier, so they can. Uh, enjoy the scenery and enjoy some of the no, they don't. No, on. they don't, Cam. No, they don't. They oh, don't. They, they're professionals. Oh, they're professionals. <laughs> <laughs> so, with Cleveland, oh my goodness, pull, pull up your pants, late fans, because this, this guy is, is, is spreading a lot of BS tonight. They fly into that, it, that's one of the cities that you fly into early. That's one of the cities, there's only a few of them in, in, in the country, that you go there early. You go there to enjoy some of the fun, enjoy some of the fun that comes along with being in Miami. So that was, for years, that was known as a um, home field advantage because they're, not only are they open where a lot of the country is closed, there are some of the best scenery, there is some of the best scenery in all of America down there in South Florida. And then there's a you know, there's a few adult beverages that are can be found at nearly every corner. Okay, with the uh, okay, Cam, I I understand that for the for the average traveler and tourist, but these are professionals, uh-huh. Cam. They come in, yeah. they come in to get a job done and win a football game. So uh-huh. to uh-huh. characterize Miami as some type of uh, you know lotus field where you just go in and you know you just lose your mind and. You know, you can't come out and you can't focus after you know once the game starts. That's just ludicrous, man. Yeah, that might—that's the philosophy somebody with the quarterback with Mister Unlimited as their quarterback has. That team with Mister Unlimited as their quarterback, they have that philosophy. Let's fly in the day of the game. Let's play our game and let's get out of town. There's a reason he's doing that. All right, because they have Super Bowl. They have legit Super Bowl aspirations. They don't want to be caught up in that Lotus cyclone that goes on down there. That's what that is philosophy is, and that's what you've probably been listening to for the last uh, what what's what's it been uh, eight years. Um, that's the quarterback that you have now, okay? Okay, well, way. Cam, I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm trying to help you out, homie. I'm just looking at uh, the Miami Dolphins schedule for the next uh, listen to me. Listen eight to weeks. Me. They don't yeah, play a team. They only play one team with a winning record. If they yeah, if they can't. Me. If they if they can't make things happen, well then yeah, you're right. Maybe you should look at leadership, coaching, uh, scheme, as you always want to you know fall back on. That's fine. But to say they don't have an opportunity to do some things, I mean, let's look at their schedule. The way it started: New England, perennial champion; Buffalo, number one in their division. They won the Jacksonville game. Seattle, perennial champion. Their next eight games, they don't play a team. They only play one team with a winning record. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what they can do. It's, it's, it's not two at times. Let let Fitz Magic do his thing, and uh, you know, go four and four during that there's, stretch. There's been no magic. This is what I'm telling you. There's been no magic. They're one and three. Where's the they, magic? Do they, they they beat Jacksonville? They scared the they heck do. out of the Seattle Seahawks and almost beat them. Close They're close game there for a minute. Scare almost. Come it was, on, it it was seventeen to twelve. It was seventeen to twelve, and they had the ball. I was concerned. Well, well that's maybe because Seattle wasn't who you who, who you thought they were. Maybe that's maybe oh, okay. That's oh, okay. Were. Okay. So now you're gonna put it on Seattle. You're not giving your Dolphins any credit. Wow. I mean, c- come on. There's there's been no magic. If you had them right there, why couldn't you close the deal against the defense who gave up uh, thirty plus points last the the previous week? I thought Fitzmagic was a gunslinger. 
I thought he was a playmaker. He he what did he score? Uh what did he score? Seventeen points against a team who gave up thirty plus points to the to the Cowboys of all guys? Made some, on, made, made some big plays, made some big throws. So oh, you know, get out of here. Uh, in my opinion, it's not quite time just yet. Well, we'll revisit this. I'm telling you it's time. I'm t- fans, I'm telling you it's two a time today. And Cleveland with his uh load of horse crap is just going against the the grain. Um you know, we talked about perennial champions. Talk about those storm. Talk about those storm with Brianna Taylor and Sue Bird. How they just made the Seattle Storm the class of the WNBA. Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird. What did I say? I said Brianna, said Brianna Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Brianna Taylor. So. And then also, uh, you know, Miss Lloyd, she was actually the, uh, you know, the star of the team this year. Man, I was just talking with my wife about this, man. Four championships. Most cities don't, in your lifetime, they don't bring you four championships. The Storm has brought us four championships. I mean, let's not be all, you know, culturally insensitive. Let's not be all gender biased about it. Four championships is four championships. That's, ex- that's extraordinary. Cool. And again, uh, you know, last year didn't have Sue Bird, didn't have Brown uh, Stewart, came back, get those two players back, and man, just business as usual. Fourth title, it's impressive, whether people think so or not, in any sport to win four championships is extraordinary. Yeah, and in a short window, I mean, they keep getting the done, the, the resumes of these two women. Uh, Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird. The resumes of these women is absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's hard to argue with, and the fact that uh, I think Brianna Stewart has and five some, and somewhere and somewhere, don't mean to interrupt you. Somewhere Gina Oriama is smiling like, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, I turn out champions. He, he turns he turns them out, and, and you know he's, um, he's doing the Calipari thing, like, hey man, you want to go to the league? Yeah, you should probably come here. Right, right. Just look at the look at the amount of people I've coached is already doing who who's win who's been in a winning circle. Um, you're absolutely right, and that's all, why that that's why that circle continues, man. So kudos to the kudos to the storm for getting it done. I mean, clearly they've taken away the shine from the piss poor Seattle Mariners who can't do anything. Um, and oh wow, okay. The Seahawks, who I mean, it's been it's been a few years since uh, that faithful interception in in the Super Bowl. It's been a few years since their, their last uh, tour. Well, not tour not game. quite as long as 1972, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a few years. Yeah, it's been a few years. So um, I don't know what the 72 reference. Yeah, not, not, not quite not quite as far as 1972. I'm their last <laughs> Super Bowl, but I'm just saying. Oh. Okay, uh, Cleveland. Be- oh, 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 you get it now. Okay. <laughs> uh, before we close things out, man, I wanna I wanna give you a chance, and you've been following this a lot closely. Uh, speaking of your Seattle Mariners and the in Major League Baseball, it is baseball time. And what do you think about the Major League Baseball so far? What's caught your eye? You told, you told me you got the Dodgers and. and Yankees meeting in the finals or in the World Series. Um, 
has anything thrown that you've seen in the last week kind of changed your opinion on that? And what do you what do you see that's exciting? Um, the thing that I see that is I don't think I've seen anything that's changed my opinion. The thing that I see that's exciting is that uh, the first two series are are shorter, so every game is a lot more important, and you know anything can happen in baseball. So. Um, you're seeing like the margin for error is, is greatly diminished um, when you get into these shorter series and um, those marquee, you know, teams have to show up and do their thing regardless of, uh, you know, reputation and, you know, kind of you know, how you play it out on paper, you have to go out there and perform. And so, um, it's, been a, it's been interesting to see kind of the younger squads kind of you know, throw caution to the wind and, you know, throw their best punch and just kind of see what happens. I mean, I think ultimately we will end up with the World Series that, you know, we aforementioned, the Yankees and the Dodgers. But um, it's by no means etched in stone. And um, I guess I've been the most impressed with the way Major League Baseball has been able to turn around um, the situation that they had with the COVID-19 um, potentially derailing everything, and they just kind of really got in there and, you know, put things to wrap, so. Okay. Um, yeah, the Major League Baseball, obviously, they dealt with their challenges when the season started, um, you know, with the Marlins having their breakout at the beginning of the season, and it turns out they, that they strict, uh, put things together and kind of made the playoffs and all. Actuality. So that, that's some good things going on. I'm not so sure about how they've kind of created the bubble situation for the playoff teams. Like they have the National League team playing in Houston, American League play, team playing here in L.A. I really don't get that. Um, however, I, I guess they think it's going to work. And where, where do the World Series teams play? The World Series teams will be at their home stadium. So they had it at their the first round of the playoffs. They had them playing at their home stadium. Second round of the playoffs. The second and third round of the playoffs, they have them playing at the, in these bubble locations. And then for the World Series, are they playing back at their home stadiums, or what? what's going on there? You know, I think that's to be determined. I don't know if that's actually been uh, situated just yet, but uh, I'm, I'm actually not, not 100% clear on how they're going to do it. I thought the World Series, everyone was playing in Texas. It was the last that I heard that everyone was playing okay. in Arlington for it. Um, but uh, you know, we'll see how things go. All right, Cleveland, and uh, to wrap up the show, man, it's the voice of the fans, fantasy football league, man. What do you want to talk about? Uh, um, I mean, the commissioner is kind of uh, taking it upon himself to kind of make a lot of drastic changes that I'm not a fan of. And uh, what would you like to talk about in, in your fantasy football league? Um, my team, we took a hit, man. Uh, injuries have played a part. And I lost injuries. My... Wow, that's part of that's part of the game. But continue. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, man. Um, when you lose, your number one wide receiver is is out. It hasn't been performing in four weeks. You lose your number one running back who was out and hasn't been been able to perform. Uh, you make some some lineup changes or lineup changes, and and they don't go through. Your commissioner can't explain to you why they don't go through. I mean, it's kind of depressing. So it's a good thing I, I picked up some decent role players in the draft. 
so I can't. I don't have to hinge on the waiver wire and the, and the trades. You know, I'm, I'm kind of rolling with my squad as is. But yeah, injuries go to your number one right right receiver, your number one running back impacts your squad, man. You know, I don't know what's going to happen from here. However, I'm two and two. I lost by a nose last week, and I got a tough matchup this week. How how's your team going, sir? You know, I'm going to give a, a little bit more credit. Uh, to my opponents, and I will criticism to my team, although there are a few players, um, some of them before mentioned, I'll get to that in a second, um, you know, with regards to, you know, how things have kind of unfolded. I mean, I did play a team that had Dak Prescott going for 60, uh, you know, Aaron Jones, the uh, modern-day Christian Jackson McCaffrey this season, uh, going for 22, and then a guy named uh, Chark Jr., uh, throwing up another 27, I mean, that's, that's kind of hard to, you know, kind of weather the storm of, of, of that, uh, you know, blitzkrieg. On my side, uh, Drew Brees needs to get it together. Only gave me 19 points. That's uh, it's criminal. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, I think he might need to go back to wrestling. <laughs> a little bit, little bit tired of waiting for Gronk to turn the corner. Uh, that experiment might be over. Um, you know, Earl Edwards Hilaire, um, maybe a little bit uh maybe a little bit too much sizzle. I think people were expecting a little bit too much of him and uh he he, he doesn't really seem to run uh between the tackles too tough. So I'm a little oh, concerned with oh, that. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And then uh, and then, you know, last but not least last but not least, uh the Las Vegas Raiders running back. Um, only getting half of what he was supposed to get, protected at 17, only getting eight. Uh, yeah, okay. Sure, the Buffalo Bills have a great defense. Uh, Ed Oliver is a beast, and you know, they do some things over there. But my goodness gracious, man, you need you need to kind of pick it up and uh, you know carry the slack a little bit. You know, uh, you know all of your uh, feel good stories kind of you know, lose their luster um, as the as the losses pile up. And as your lack of production makes losses pile up for me, yeah, all of a sudden you become just another Bama back. You'd be, right, you'd, be, you'd be right there behind Trent Richardson and Eddie Lacy oh, and TJ Yeldon. How quickly right behind things that. turn. How quickly things turn. In, in a matter of four weeks, he's, he's just another Bama back. He's a, he's a, he, has a, he has a 20-game, uh, you know, body of work, Cam. <laughs> Either you're that dude or you're not that dude. If you're not that dude, that's fine. If you're just a Bama back, just you just show up and say, "Hey man, you know what? I'm just a Bama back." Uh, that's a cold. That's a cold one right there, buddy. That's a cold one. How quickly they just uh, get thrown to the wolves and throw uh, and get thrown on the bus. That's that's essential. Hey, I didn't. So, say, I didn't say it was a good person. I didn't say it wasn't a feel good story. But hey, man, you're just a Bama back. Just a day. If, 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 if you don't turn things around these next three weeks, man, people will be just, disgusted with you, and 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 rightfully so. Just just a Bama back coming from Mr. Cleavon Steele, young Sam Rothstein. Uh, I, I don't know what's more insulting. I don't know what could be more insulting than being called just a Bama back. But since you ran down your list, man, I, I did. You know, I can't give a lot of credit to my competition because again it was my turn injuries i got one point from austin eckler who went out on the third play of the game 
I was looking for 15 points from him. I got one point. If I got my average protection from him, I win the I, I win the week. Um, you know, you could say you could say it was a bad um, bad choices from the coach and by putting in certain players. Another thing, I was looking for 27 points from Matt Ryan. I got 15. I get the average points I get from these guys. I win this week easy. But on my bench, and why I'm not why I'm not fretting on my bench because I do have Gibson on the bench who went who gave me 21 points. I, again, he was on the bench. I did have Tyron Smith, uh, Tyquan Smith, who I did offer to somebody else on the other line who they didn't they say they weren't interested in him. He put on 19. So I get those two guys. I get that production from either of the four players I mentioned. I win this game going away. So. Oh, okay, so so it's basically manager mismanagement, and it really has nothing to do with the players. It really has to do with putting them in the position to succeed. Okay, like I, I understand say, what you're in, saying. Like I say, injuries, injuries, and Matt Ryan stinking up to join on Monday night. Injuries and Matt Ryan. Oh wow, oh, wow. He's throw, he's throwing Matty Ice Cold under the bench. <laughs> <laughs> he's throwing Matty Ice Cold under the bus. <laughs> He 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 stunk it up. You saw that game. You saw that game. You stinking it up. Okay. Complete complete the. Because because the first two weeks, the first two weeks, you couldn't stop talking about Matty Ice Cold. But let him let him let him have a game where he do what you want him to do, and all of a sudden, no, not your new Let him have that game. Yeah, I got Matt Stafford is is Mister another Mister uh, no winning stat getter is on the bench waiting to go. I I got a couple of those guys, um, no win stat getters. That's that's what they are. Um, and if you're not getting stats, I mean I can't have you sticking around if you're not getting stats and you're not winning. You know, there's there's a shelf life for that type of guy. Can't can't be both, huh? Can't be uh, both. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's a shelf life for that guy. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So I. I I can't really give credit to my competition because if I get my average performance from my running back and I get a decent performance from my quarterback, I win that game going away. And then there's the wow. the adjustments that could be made. So we'll can, see what can, happens. Can, can you tell Can you tell Austin that uh, tomorrow when you see him? Man, man, I, I gotta. You know, I'm, I'm thinking. I, I, I want you. I want you to go up to Austin and say, "Hey, man, if you just would have gave me what you're supposed to give me, I would have won my league." But you ain't nothing for uh, just for getting your knee twisted up. So, so speak. So, speaking of that, Cleveland fans, Cleveland, let the fans know how you feel about my questioning of Mr. Joey Bosa. Because um, you got me nervous going down here to talk to you guys tomorrow. If I if I need to wear a hard hat or something, if I need to bring bring some defense mechanisms down there, um, fans, go on YouTube. I had a conversation with Mr. Joey Bosa a couple of days ago. That Cleveland seemed to take umbrage with. Cleveland, why do you take umbrage with my conversation? Okay, fans, let me put this all in context for you if you're not uh, aware of actually what happened. Cam is one of the uh, beat reporters for the Los Angeles Chargers and has extreme access and can talk to pretty much whoever he wants to. In this particular instance, he was talking to the defensive captain um, and one of the highest paid defensive players in the league, uh, a gentleman named. Uh, and the first question he asked him was a little bit part. It was, uh, man, you guys don't get any turnovers. How come? Who's coaching you guys? Do you guys use this technique? Do you guys use that technique? I mean, why aren't you guys getting more turnovers? 
Mr. Bosa kind of answered the question, you know, as best he could, professional, you know, conservative. The next question our man Cam asked was, okay, well, do you guys get any extra incentive for making plays? You know, like the Saints did, bounty gate style. I mean, you guys, I mean, do they, do they, do they give you any? I mean, you know, amongst yourselves, amongst yourselves, I mean, is there, is there any reward or incentive for making big plays? Coffee, donuts, you know, so you get, do you get the first parking spot? Okay, so, so, so fans, so, so fans, so fans, he, he started with that question. Mr. Bosa was like, I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. <laughs> Completely trying to defuse the situation. And then Cam said, oh, you know, like, like amongst yourselves. I mean, you know, coffee, dinner, uh, you know, uh, a car wash. I mean, you guys get anything for big plays? Oh, my goodness. And Mr. Bosa was like, uh, no. And then, and then Mr. Rosa fell back and was like, gambling's illegal. Gambling's yeah, illegal. <laughs> now, now, we're not even talking about gambling. <laughs> it's it's, it's way to oh make a play or not. But he was so taken aback. He just had, like, anything illegal. <laughs> like, anything illegal had to be part of the conversation. Oh, no, it wasn't illegal. It was like... Oh. No, we're not. This is not like performance uh, enhancing or anything. It's not like that yeah, changing. I mean, but yeah. Oh, that shit was. I, I, so, I, it, I was so tickled. I was so tickled by that. I was so tickled by that. Uh, fans, voice of the fans on YouTube. You can see the interview with Joey Bosa. It just happened earlier this week. I think it might be the first uh, interview there available. But there's a bunch of interviews, and I just like have fun asking players questions. That I think fans, I'm a fan. I, I like asking questions that I think fans want to know. And yes, that's been a conversation. That's been a topic of conversation from the coaching staffs and a lot of the players and not creating turnovers. And I wanted to know from the start of defense, like, what is the issue? Or what, why do you feel you're not being able to create turnovers? Um, and I wanted to hear from, you know, hear from the horse's mouth, sort of, sort of speak. Um, so it'll be interesting, you know, when I get in the building tomorrow, I'll be interested, have my head on a swivel to see who has what to say, because I guess I should be expecting something. But uh, go ahead, check it out. Cleveland, thank you for your participation this week. Uh, fans, as always, oh, I got a quote for you guys. Everything negative, pressure, challenges, for me, is opportunity to rise. The cold is from the late great Kobe Bryant. Once again, everything negative, pressure, challenges for me is the opportunity to rise. So, you know, guys, the world has been challenging. Uh, 2020 has been challenging to everybody around us. So, let's use this opportunity. Um, the pressures we feel, the challenges we're enduring, as an opportunity to rise. Cleveland. As always, man, I want to thank you for your participation in the show. Fans, thank you guys for tuning in. However you're listening to us, thank you for listening to us. Please also be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And, it will, and as again, check out the Voice of the Fans on YouTube page where you can see the multiple interviews that we conduct. Thank you, as always, for your participation, tuning in every week, participating with the show. Thank you, Cleveland, for it. And fans, thank you for making our voice your choice. Have a good one, Chief.
My pleasure, brother. We'll talk soon. Later. You guys go out there and vote because voting will bring about the change that we need. I'm actually going to uh, – um, well, I'm looking to set up a voter drive in Bakersfield, so be on the lookout for that. Um, like I said, go register to vote. If you're outside of Bakersfield, if you're in Bakersfield, look out for my voter drive that I'm, I'm looking to start. But everyone go vote because we need change. We need change, and if we get change, I, I just know life for us black people will be better. Thanks for making our voice your choice.